The IMF likely to downgrade growth projections for the world due to COVID-19. The World Health Organization warns no country will be spared from the economic impact, not even rich ones. That warning from the WHO comes as the Netherlands, Northern Ireland and Nigeria join the growing list of countries reporting their first COVID-19 cases. And former Philippine Police Chief Alan Purisima cleared of perjury. The country's anti-graft court says prosecutors failed to present enough proof Purisima lied about his wealth. Good afternoon. I'm Carmina Constantino. Dateline Philippines begins right now. Welcome to the program, the global economy tanking as the COVID-19 outbreak rattles financial markets, plunging stocks from record highs. But the International Monetary Fund warns things could only get worse from here. Krista Lagdameo with her top story. The economic cost from the rapidly spreading coronavirus still uncertain. But clearly, the IMF says the outbreaks will have a negative impact on global growth. We are... Uh likely to uh, downgrade our, our growth uh, projections uh, for, the, for the world in the, uh, in the world uh, economic outlook in April. The disease now known as COVID-19 first emerged from the Chinese city of Wuhan late last year. It has already reached dozens of other countries, rattling financial markets across the world and causing oil prices to fall. In the event of uh, a more severe uh, reaction uh, to, the, uh, to the virus, that uh, synchronized action and even coordinated action uh, uh, by the international community uh, would be uh, uh, helpful, would be, would be effective. Uh, this, is, uh, this is an event, this is something that uh, really can only be tackled uh, via international cooperation. It's not something that stops at national borders. We, we're already seeing that. The World Health Organization agrees COVID-19 threatens the global economy and no country will be spared, not even rich ones. Every country must be ready for its first case, its first cluster, the first evidence of community transmission and for dealing with sustained community transmission. These are four scenarios. And it must be preparing for all of those scenarios at the same time. No country should assume it won't get cases. That could be a fatal mistake, and quite literally. This virus does not respect borders. It does not distinguish between races or ethnicities. It has no regard for a country's GDP or level of development. On Friday, the death toll from COVID-19 in China reached 2,788. Infections also rose to 78,824. More than 50 deaths have been reported globally. The Netherlands, Nigeria and Northern Ireland join the growing list of countries confirming their first COVID-19 cases. The patient in Netherlands had traveled to Italy where more than 650 people are infected. 
The patient in Northern Ireland had also traveled to Italy, while Nigeria's case is an Italian worker who returned from Milan to Lagos last February 25th. The World Health Organization now urging countries to double up efforts to contain the disease, saying the outbreaks have already reached what it calls a decisive point. The epidemics in the Islamic Republic of Iran, Italy, and the Republic of Korea demonstrate what this virus is capable of. But this virus is not influenza. With the right measures, it can be contained. Our message continues to be that this virus has pandemic potential, and WHO is providing the tools to help every country to prepare accordingly. This is not a time for fear. This is a time for taking action now to prevent infections and save lives now. The WHO has stopped short of declaring COVID-19 a pandemic, even though the term refers to a contagion spread across a large region. Iran's COVID-19 death toll rises to 26. It now has the highest number of deaths outside China. Iran also has 245 infections, including the vice president for women and family affairs, the deputy health minister, and at least three members of parliament. Despite the outbreak, Iran says it has no plans yet to quarantine any city or district. COVID-19 cases in South Korea, now more than 2,000. Seoul reported 256 new infections Friday, raising the total to 2,022. Most of the cases were from the city of Daegu, the epicenter of the country's outbreak. The COVID-19 death toll in South Korea stands at 13. The Philippines is looking into the possibility of including Japan in its COVID-19 travel ban. Philippine Health Secretary Francisco Duque says the Interagency Task Force on Emerging Infectious Diseases will take up the matter when they meet next week. Japan now has 200 confirmed cases. That's on top of the hundreds of infections from the cruise ship docked in Yokohama. Meanwhile, two out of three Filipinos repatriated from the virus-hit cruise ship in Japan have tested negative for COVID-19. The three were tested after showing flu-like symptoms. The third patient is still awaiting results. The Philippines is looking to stage a third round of repatriation, this time to bring home Filipinos from Macau. The Chinese administrative region has 10 COVID make that COVID-19 cases so far. Yung sa Macau, ito po ay special request naman pinadala sa ating gobyerno at ngayon ay pinag-aaralan natin. The first batch of repatriates from Wuhan City were sent home last weekend after they completed their two-week quarantine. The second batch from a cruise ship in Japan began their quarantine period this week. The Philippines is also monitoring some 26 South Koreans from Daegu City. They arrived in Cebu just before Manila restricted travel from South Korea's virus-hit areas. 
Germany's health minister sees no need to ban free movement as the novel coronavirus spreads in the country. He says it's up to local authorities to decide whether to put affected towns and cities under lockdown. On Thursday, health and interior ministers met as part of a crisis group to tackle the threat of COVID-19. They decided the travelers from China, South Korea, Japan, Iran and Italy would be required to tell authorities where they plan to stay in the country. Five new COVID-19 cases have been reported in Germany, bringing the country's total to more than 20. Meanwhile, French President Emmanuel Macron calls for European cooperation to contain the deadly virus. Macron, who's visiting Italy, says confinements should be limited to regions affected by the virus. So far, there are 650 confirmed COVID-19 cases in Italy, while there are 38 in France. As COVID-19 spreads further across the globe, the Philippine Central Bank rethinks its forecasts of the outbreak's impact on the country's economy. Warren de Guzman reports. After cutting key interest rates by 25 basis points at the first monetary policy meeting of the year in early February, the Philippine Central Bank said the COVID-19 outbreak in China would only result in a reduction of three-tenths of one percent in economic growth in the first half of 2020. Now that COVID-19 has found its way to more countries outside of China, Philippine Central Bank Governor Benjamin Jokno says they are rethinking that forecast. I gave uh, instruction to Deputy uh, Governor Dakia uh, to maybe revisit the estimates. So we're not finished yet. The impact is that if it's uh, one quarter, if there's a V-shaped recovery, it will be Point two, right? So an average of 0 0.3 if it's one semester, two quarters. For the initial estimate of COVID-19's economic impact, the BSP had looked at trade and tourism, as well as the 2003 SARS outbreak as guidance. Now they will also be looking at a wider range of data, including investment inflows. COVID-19 has also affected global financial markets, including the Philippine Stock Exchange. Jokno, however, says they do not believe COVID-19 will pull Philippine GDP growth below 6% this year, and government will do as much as possible to ensure growth remains high, including more than forecast reductions in key interest rates. We're confident that we'll still hit 6% this year. We're confident that we'll still hit 6%. Because most of the things we plan to do are uh, not, 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 heavily affected by by the coronavirus, like, like the bill, bill, bill. The only thing that could stand in the way of more monetary policy adjustments would be accelerating inflation. Warren de Guzman, ABS-CBN News. Philippine Justice Secretary Minardo Guevara has sent guidance to the National Telecommunications Commission on whether ABS-CBN can continue operating even after its franchise elapses in May. Mike Navalio gives us details. Congress has the power to authorize the National Telecommunications Commission to issue a provisional authority to ABS-CBN, pending the renewal of its franchise in Congress. That's the guidance given by Justice Secretary Minado Guevara to the NTC on the issue of whether the network can continue operating beyond May 4 when its franchise expires. Guevara says Congress is free to provide certain terms and conditions governing the exercise of the franchise, including the power to define and preserve the rights of franchise applicants while its renewal is still being determined. 
The NTC in turn, Guevara says, may provisionally authorize an entity to operate, subject to its regulatory jurisdiction. The NTC is the chief implementing agency and issuer of permits to operate. The Justice Secretary notes, although it has been the practice to allow broadcast entities to continue operating while the bills for the renewal of their franchises remain pending in Congress, out of equity, a more stable legal environment could be created if Congress, by a concurrent resolution, would authorize the NTC to issue a provisional authority. Whether ABS-CBN can operate without a franchise and on the basis solely of a provisional authority from the NTC became an issue when former Chief Justice Renato Puno said this is not allowed based on a 2003 Supreme Court decision he penned. The High Court's ruling, a franchise is required before the NTC could issue a provisional authority. But Puno clarified in an interview with DZMM, such authority can emanate from Congress. Tapos yung franchise ng isang kinakailangan ay magkaroon ng bagong franchise. Pero in between, pinag-uusapan ng kongreso kung igagrant o i-deny yung franchise, pwede namang mag-operate yung company kung bibigyan ng kongreso ng provisional permit. Senator Franklin Drelon shares this view. Hindi po dahilan naman sa sinabi ng Korte Suprema ay masasakot na tayo at panginginig tayo lahat. So co-equal branch at dalawang political branches of the government ang sinasabi pwede po magpatuloy ang ABS-CBN on the basis of the provisional authority. The House Franchise Committee has already sent a letter to the NTC authorizing the grant of provisional authority. But Senator Grace Poe says there should be a resolution from both the Senate and the House. The NTC, for its part, intends to go back to the DOJ. We need to consult DOJ on the Donsusa letter ng Congress. Kasi po doon sa DOJ opinion, yung concurrent at least both houses. For Integrated Bar of the Philippines National President Domingo Egon Cayosa, if both houses of Congress have the time to agree, it may be better to decide whether or not to pass a franchise law rather than pass a stopgap joint resolution authorizing NTC to administratively issue a provisional authority. This, he says, is the best way to avoid another co-warranto petition against the network. Mike Navalio, ABS-CBN News. Former Philippine Supreme Court Associate Justice Antonio Carpio warns Manila is in danger of losing the West Philippine Sea as the country withdraws from its visiting forces agreement with the U.S. See, Carpio fears China will occupy the contested waterway once American troops leave the Philippines. He cites key moments in the history of the West Philippine Sea that are telling of China's true intentions to further move in. These include the construction of fishermen's shelters in Mischief Reef and the attempted reclamation of Scarborough Shoal. So when President Duterte abrogated the Visiting Forces Agreement, he was sending a message to China, there is no more red line, because Americans are no longer here to enforce the red line. So it's open season. President Duterte earlier expressed confidence the Philippines can stand on its own even without the help from the U.S. Former Philippine Police Chief Alan Purisima cleared of perjury charges over his alleged failure to declare his wealth in full for six years. That was one of our top stories today. And DCMM's Araya Kapulong now joins us on the line with more details. Raya, go ahead. 
Carmina, the Sandigan Second Division acquitted former Philippine National Police Chief Alan Purisima of perjury charges in connection with alleged undeclared properties in his statements of assets, liabilities, and net worth. Purisima was accused of failing to truthfully declare properties owned by him and his wife in his foul ends from 2006 to 2009 and 2011 to 2014. The anti-graft court dismissed the eight counts of perjury against Purisima. According to Sandigan Bayan 2nd Division, prosecutors failed to present enough evidence that Purisima failed to declare several properties in his cell and The court ordered the return of Purisima's bail bans and the removal of a whole departure order against him. And that's today's online edition of Dateline Philippines. Thanks for joining us. I'm Carmina Constantino. Don't forget to like and share this video and leave your comments below.